Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No man, conference weekend is behind us. Man, what a what a crazy what a crazy set of tournaments we had this weekend. There's so much to talk about, and we're gonna be talking about it all week. But I'm glad to be here with you, breaking down just initial impressions from conference weekend. Um, man, you're at EIWAs. How was your trip? EIWAs was good. I got to see my family, and uh, it's always good to see. So I got to see my mom, my dad, my brother. Uh, my uncle and one of my cousins. So that's part of why I end up going to EIWAs every year. Uh, reason number one is CP hates me and never wants me to attend Big Tens. And reason number two is because I have uh, a lot of ties. I have a lot of good relationships in EIWA. My family is able to come. Uh, and I'll probably be back again next year when it's held in Ithaca at Cornell. Um, it was just real, oh, real quick off top. I understand Penn State, Iowa, Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa, yeah. Oklahoma State has yeah. more history and prestige and all these things. But I cannot stress enough how much the EIWA teams simply cannot stand each other. Yeah. Uh, like and, across the board or just a couple of them? Um, I guess not all of them. Like I, I, I don't know how many teams hate, say, you know, a Sacred Heart or a Long Island. Sure. But, you know, at the top, the, the teams can't stand each other. Yeah. Um, I also... I want to apologize if we're coming through a, you know, a little wonky. Um, Christian has the mic. He stole it and took it to Big Ten. So, Listen. again, Gorilla, uh, we're making it work, but we, we have our man Efren, and it sounds like we're going to get uh, some, some things in this week's, or, uh, this month, so the production quality should go up uh, in rapid succession. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to the wrestling. Man, uh, let's start with Super Bracket. Biggest bracket of conference weekend was – Big Tens at 133, mm-hmm. and there were four, I think, very legitimate potential champs oh, yeah. in, in there. Um, and all four of those guys, everybody would, I think, still say are, are legit NCAA champion contenders. Um, but it was your man, Sebastian Rivera. You've been picking it all along. He he got the win. He beat Seth Gross in the semis. He beat RBY in the finals. Was losing in both those matches. Ended up, ended up winning uh, the whole thing in his home state of New Jersey. Um, man, impressions from that weight class. I was tremendously impressed with Sebastian. Um, I, you know, I was having a conversation, uh, the guy who, uh, gentleman who was taking pictures for us at both national preps and EIWAs, uh, Rob Preston, right? Both, both of his sons wrestled for, for Blair and for Harvard. And, you know, he had a conversation with Coach Buxton that said, a lot of your success in college can be determined by how you're able to come back when you're down. Mm. And that's exactly what Sebastian Rivera was able to do. So on the positive end, if you're a Northwestern fan, you know, if you're Coach Storniolo and his staff, you feel very good that Sebastian can go in a hole and fight his way out of it. On the other end of the spectrum, sometimes it's dangerous to, well, it's always dangerous to put yourself in a hole. Yeah. Just because later on it gets in the match, the the more you have to to come up. So both ways of looking at that. But uh, for me, what was tremendously impressive was his ability to come back and really make adjustments and finish takedowns. Um, obviously, Seth Gross is one of the most difficult guys to finish on, even when he does give up takedowns. Mm-hmm. And then the ability to ride out Rome Bravo Young. Like I, I said on Twitter, I've said it a million times, third period rideouts to win, that's grown man stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, the, the big takeaway from that bracket was all the ma- like pretty much all the matchups materialized, right? Like yeah. We got to see... And not only materialized, but those matches were incredible. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of them. Um, both sets of semis, Seabass uh, and Gross, RBY DeSanto were, were really great. The guys, it was wall to wall action, start to finish. Um, and then the finals and the third place matches were the same. Uh, the only, the only 
kind of matchup that we haven't seen between all those guys this year is uh, is Sebas Cibet, DeSanto. Yeah. Um, so that's the only one we haven't seen. And uh, I, I don't know that we'll, like seating-wise at 133, I don't know that we'll get to see it this year. But, um, you know, who knows. But all those guys are right there with each other. All those guys just completely let it fly. Not always the case in big in big matchups. Sometimes mm-hmm. guys, you know, play it close to the vest. But um, well, the the Santo RBY, um, I saw a lot of people complaining, not just Iowa fans, about RBY not getting hit for stalling there. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch it again. My gut reaction was, you know, you're wrestling a guy with a high pace. You're trying to avoid him. Um, as far as your point that all these guys are national title contenders, I would agree. However, the Austin DeSanto that we saw this weekend, yeah, I don't know that he can win a national title. The Austin DeSanto we've seen in the past two years can certainly win a national title, but I didn't see the pace. I didn't see the the offensive uh, efficiency that I normally do from him. Um, Seth Gross is still maybe the smartest wrestler in the country, and RBY, I. It's extremely, extremely difficult to get to that guy's legs, and of course he's an excellent finisher. So, uh, should be good. I don't know if you wanted to get into the the seeds Let's right now. Seeds. Or... Let's jump into seeds. You've been uh, you've been scoping these out for for a couple weeks, and now that we mm-hmm. have conference results, you 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 think you've got these seeds figured out, and uh, I know how you've been coming up with the seeds. You've been using the criteria that the mm-hmm. the seeding committee will be using and so i think these are going to be the seeds if not they'll be very close yeah and uh it was funny i was you know sitting in the, the lehigh valley airport yesterday and uh pat Tassi came happened to be coming home from something and, and him and i had, had a quick good conversation about the seeds you know bat, batting back and forth potential uh potential scenarios but ultimately it, it's really going to depend on how the rpi and the coaches rank shake out um you know because the the committee, while they th- there is some human uh, input, there is some human you know intricacies to it. Yeah. The way the system is is if you are X number of spots below, I believe it's three number of spots below someone, you can't be argued ahead of them okay. for any reason whatsoever. Okay. So because of that, based on based on the math, what I have is number one Sebastian Rivera, number two Seth Gross. This is where people get mad. Number three Chaz Tucker. Okay. Number four, Mickey Philippi. Number five, Rome Bravo Young. Number six, Austin DeSanto. Um, I've I wrote an article about it a couple years ago, but I hadn't quite quite gotten the criteria uh, exactly right. So here's what it is: head to head. So Bray wrestles me. Okay, uh, he wins 25, 25 percentage points of the formula. Head to head wins. If we split, twelve point five, twelve point five. A a change that I recommended is that if guys go one and one against each other, the most recent win gets 15. So anyway, going forward, uh, quality wins. Overwhelmingly, that is a 15-5 split. Uh, it's 20% of the formula, and basically, a quality win is is defined as a win over a qualifier. Okay. So if you have any wins over any qualifiers, you will get five quality win points when they do the thing out. So usually, how to break out is you know, Bray will have 20 quality win points, and I'll have 17. Right? And there's tiers for all that. I won't get into that. Uh, coaches rank, straightforward, 15%. You hire in the coaches rank or not. Conference finish. Uh, this one gets a little wonky, but basically it's did you win your conference or did you place, uh, did you place to qualify? Common opponents also gets a little wonky because there's a lot of potential guys that, that one really affects those like 10, you know, 10 down. Yeah. Win percentage, straightforward. How did you do against division one competition at the weight? At the weight, remember yeah. Joe Smith last year, Cole Braden, Coleman mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. and then finally RPI was your RPI higher. That, that's also ten percent. So, what I come up with is Sebastian Rivera finishes ahead of all those guys in everything. Um, Gross is the only one that's going to be pretty close because they split this year mm-hmm. and he'll have more quality wins. Mm-hmm. So that that'll be a little that'll be a little dicey, but under the um, the Brent Metcalf, Lance Palmer corollary. Okay. They're not going to put. There's a gross. precedent. There's a precedent that the guy that just won the conference. Yeah, they're not going to put Gross. Even if he does come out ahead, which I don't have him coming out ahead in the formula, um, they're not going to put him ahead. Gross second, although he did not make the finals because he beat RBY this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Straightforward. 
everyone's very mad about Chaz Tucker and Mickey Philippi, me saying there's three and four. Look, guys. Thinking they should be higher or they should be lower? They should be lower. Here's the deal. Dude. You want to say Flo has Big Ten bias? You fans have Big Ten bias. Here's the thing. Chaz Tucker is the only undefeated wrestler at the weight. Yes. Right? Chaz Tucker has wrestled a complete season. He Chaz Tucker won his conference. He won his conference. I don't think he's missed any matches. If he has, it's been one here or there or something. But he had, he's, he's wrestled a complete season. He's undefeated. He's wrestled everybody that stepped in front of him. And, you know, the, there are probably EIWA fans who would argue that Chaz Tucker should be the one. Yeah. And based on all the seeding criteria, it doesn't sound like that'll happen. I don't, but, think, it'll, I don't think he'll be the one. But but the, the, him being the three is is certainly not too high based on the season he's had and the season these other guys have had. Well, and, you know, everyone wants to bring up best win, best win, best win. Okay, but best win is not indicative of your entire schedule. If I wrestle a bunch of non-qualifiers and I beat the number two guy in the country and somebody else wrestles eight, nine, ten qualifiers, beats five-ranked guys – that means that guy's schedule yeah. is better. Yeah. Chaz Tucker beat eight national qualifiers. RBY beat three. Mm-hmm. Yes, RBY's best win, DeSanto, is better than uh, better than Chaz Tucker's best win. But his quality win points are going to be higher because of the amount of qualifiers he beat. Yeah. And he finished higher in the conference. He was ahead of he was ahead in RPI. Now th- th- this is where this is where it gets a little um, shifty. RPI can change based on conference weekend, and I was looking through, like, last yeah. year it did. But, like, Austin DeSantos' RPI went down mm-hmm. after conference weekend last year. Yeah. So just because they're in the Big Ten doesn't necessarily mean their RPI is going to go up. Mm-hmm. And also, if you think about it, conference weekend, because it's about your opponent's record and your opponent's opponent's record, well, all those guys already kind of already wrestled each other anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of the least likely place to, to have a big change. A big change in RPI will come up to like Scuffle or Midlands, where there's a bunch of teams who have never hit before. Um, Mickey Philippi. Okay, uh, win percentage. He's going to have that over all of them because all those guys finished with two losses. He won his conference. He The, the winner for Alvarez hurts him. But the, the lost Alvarez. Or me, the, the lost Alvarez. That's them. his only loss, right? Yeah, but he he was second in RPI entering this weekend. His quality wins are, are very good. Um, I believe I had him finishing ahead of uh, not I. I'm sorry, not I. Let me let me make that clear. Everybody's like, oh, you're this is a bad take by you. No, this is this is the formula, dude. Learn the formula. Yeah. Um, Learn the formula, man. I believe I had him. Yeah, he was ahead of both DeSanto and RBY. In terms of quality wins, so he's beaten Trasky, Trasky, Tony Madrigal, Noah Gonzer, Nick Farrow, Reese Whitcraft, uh, Louis Hayes, um, Jamie Hernandez, Colin Girardi. That's a very, it's a very solid schedule. So he's going to end up with like 920 quality win points. Yeah. Um, and coaches rank at a lot of weights. Coaches rank the, the coaches rank will basically mirror the seeds. Sure. Like one yeah. for one. Yeah. That's not going to be the case at 133. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, DeSanto being the six, like, I think that's going to happen no matter what because I think Philippi could – I know there's a common opponent there with Alvarez, but I yeah. think Philippi could maybe jump him. This is one of those weights where, you know, I, no matter how you look at it, if you think if you think that the, the best four at 133 come from the Big Ten, then these seeds are, are – good for your potential semifinal matchups, right? Like, they just happen to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, matches where if you think, well, no, DeSanto should be should be the three or the four, well, he's going to have an opportunity to overtake, you know, that seed if he can beat Chaz Tucker. Mm-hmm. Um, same with, you know, if you think RBY should be in the in the top four, he'll have that chance uh, against Philippi. So, right, so it separates the four Big Ten guys. Mm-hmm. While also acknowledging Chaz Tucker and Mickey Philippi had great years. Yep. They won their conference. They went a combined like fifty-three and one between the two of them, and they wrestled full tough schedules. And you know, common sense, whatever. Like this season has to be rewarded. If if we don't reward the regular season and we don't reward performance at conference tournaments, then what do we like? Then what's the point? What's the point of even wrestling in that? Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll get to that with with Evan Wick in a second. And and I know Wick's was a was a um, medical condition, so I'm not saying that Wick like dodged anybody or anything. But 
you you have to you have to wrestle and you have to wrestle a tough schedule and that's how you get rewarded. All right, one forty nine. What's that going to look like? So one forty nine. I haven't run the numbers. What I was doing was looking at the uh, how I think the coaches ranking will shake out because I think that'll give us a lot of okay. uh, I think that'll give us a lot of clarity there. So Lugo has to be number one, right? Pretty pretty clearly, I think he's going to be number one. I, if I had a vote at 149 pounds, I would drop Sasso below O'Connor. Okay. Why is that? Because O'Connor's only losses to Lugo. To Lugo. And Sasso yeah. has three losses. Now, two yeah. of which he avenged, yep. which I place a pretty high value on avenging losses. Sure. But three losses, um, and although he has a win over Lugo, which O'Connor does not, I think overall I would go uh, O'Connor, Sasso. Okay. Now, within that, Sasso Mahler. Mahler's only loss was to uh, Mahler's only loss was to Jaron Jensen. Yeah. Which basically cost him the one seed. If he was undefeated, he would he would be the one seed. Yeah. Um but he's probably gonna be more like four or five now, and then you have Mahler beats uh, Boo. Yeah, and Booby Brayton, but Brayton's gonna drop a little because of Purinton loss. What happens to Kaladzic? So I had Kaladzic. I had Kaladzic behind Boo. Okay. So I had him six. Okay. So best, best win: Keyshawn Clark, Jared Prince, and Hunter Richard. And Jared Prince, you know, has has not wrestled the, a very complete season, so that win might not count for as much as it should. Um, he's wrestled, you know. He hasn't wrestled very many matches this year, but kind of similar to Sebastian Rivera in that regard, right? Well, Sebastian has – let's let's go through Sebastian Rivera's win because I want to talk about that. Cam Sakura, okay. Noah Gonser, Travis Petrowski, Rowan Bravo-Young, Seth Gross. Sure. That's very different. So those are five really that's, good that's ones. That's very different than Kolodzic's season. And then, you know, among qualifiers, Conjurati, Louis Hades, Jack Skidlarczyk, and Drew Martin. Okay. So he beat nine qualifiers. Yeah. Even in an abbreviated schedule, he beat nine qualifiers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I also think uh, eyeball test. Yeah. They are not gonna put Kaladzic above like five or six based on how he's wrestled. What do you this mean eyeball test? EIWAs. A lot of people thought he should have lost the EIWA final. Or at least I'm sorry, should have been should have been sent to overtime Man. because of the because they they didn't call stalling uh, in the final. 10, 10 seconds. Now, they also, the, the table worker screwed up the riding time because he kicked and turned it one at one, so it should have been 7 6. Well, they're but, not going to, I mean, they're, you know, they're not going to. They're, they're 100% going to do that. They're not going to fact. Well, then then drop Mickey Phillippe because he had a close match with Jamie Hernandez in the ACC finals. Dude, this is why, like, this is why the coaches' rankings are crap. For the first, let me tell you the first reason my coaches' rankings are crap. They're due. It's currently 10 17. On uh, Central Time, which is eleven seventeen, coaches ranks are due in less than five hours. Yeah, four p.m. Eastern. Yeah, they don't have. They, it's yeah. they don't have time. No, and and it's not a priority. It's sh- I mean, it, it shouldn't it be. Shouldn't be. They shouldn't be on their plates. Yeah. Okay. They're gonna hit Kalazic. I'm telling you, they're gonna hit Kalazic. But you don't see them hitting Philippi for the same reason. I mean, it's a. Cl- it wasn't. It wasn't that close like that. But you no, know. No, because that's what <laughs> that's what Philippi does, right? What? Okay, I don't look. Eyeball test, but you're saying he, do, he that's what he does, so here's, it doesn't matter? Here's what we know about the coaches' Logic rankings. wins close matches, too. I know, I know. But here's what we know about the coaches' rankings, okay? I think you Because they're sleep. done by different people. Because they're done by different people. Okay, so they're done by 14. Everybody has 14 people, two from each conference. Yeah. They can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. and I believe that they're not going to put Kolodzic over um, number six. I, I mean, I, I trust your gut, if that's what you believe, but I just I don't, I don't understand... The logic that because he had a logic. close match, that will mean that he that he you know gets downgraded when other wrestlers who did something similar will not. That that is the part that I don't understand. You why shouldn't you, why understand you, it. It's not good you, logic. I don't, no, I don't understand why you believe it will happen at one forty nine and it won't happen at one thirty three. Um, because Mickey has wrestled a complete schedule. Okay. 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 I can buy it. I can buy it. All right, 165. We got a whole mess here with the Evan Wick situation. So it's oh, it's super hard because to catch to catch people yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, Evan Wick 
entered the tournament and then immediately withdrew. Um, not sure what's going on there. Hopefully he's you know full strength by NCAA's. But um, we've seen this happen in the past. But normally we kind of suspected that it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody. I didn't hear rumblings that this could happen before. The yeah, tournament none of started. us were at Big Ten, so it's a little hard. Yeah, so we don't know, you know, if there was any chatter going around, but but certainly not in the days leading up to the tournament, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like, um, you know, the year Jason Nolf was really injured, uh, or Suriano. the year Suriano was really injured, where he thought, man, will this guy even go at all? It was just Evan Wick is fine. He's Evan Wick, and then and then he he withdrew from the tournament. But that could that could cause a whole shakeup with, with seeds. So what do you see potentially happening there? So 165, uh, real quick, at the top, it will be Alex Marinelli. Um, you know, I put it out last night. I think Chenzo will still finish higher in RPI than Griffith. Okay. Um, if he doesn't, the formula will spit out Griffith as being ahead. But the the quality wins and – coaches rank I, I think they'll switch them if they are even just for the optics of it yeah um now, to pause you i have a little bit of a problem with the quality win with how quality wins are assigned let's get into it so the, the you know the fact that shane griffith who's you know wrestled a relatively decent schedule he hasn't had the opportunity to hit a lot of the big 10 opponents um but he has had the opportunity to wrestle josh shields twice that's a, that's a very good opponent and Beating the same guy multiple times only counts as one quality win. I I guess I, I take issue with that. And the other thing I take issue with in terms of quality wins is that they're basically determined to be wins over over a qualifier when there are every year situations where somebody who's very good doesn't qualify either because they're injured and then they're not the starter at the end of the year. Sure. Um, or roster battles are, are tough. Like so, you know, for example, um, Johnny Sebastian has wins over Cash Wilkie. Mm-hmm. Those don't matter because he's not a starter, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, guys that have wins over like Christian Lance don't matter because Jensen got the nod for Nebraska at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I wish there was a way to assign those a little bit more fairly. And, and I guess two things I would want to look at would be ways to asset, you know, assign quality wins over guys who are extremely good but maybe not necessarily starters and then the other would be i think i think multiple wins over the same opponent should count for you know maybe not a brand new quality win but like some part of a quality win beating josh shields twice is that's massive for Mm -hmm. for uh um for shane griffith so i don't know so there's certainly value in it right like when when someone beats uh, you know an all-american caliber guy a top 10 ranked guy there is always the question of Okay, can he do it again? Right, and so I, I understand that, like you know, in a in a rankings perspective, when you know Griffith beats Shields twice, now you go, okay, well, this guy is clearly at the you know at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I believe the the uh, counting it as a unique win, right, where it only counts one time, is partially a parity thing, where. Sure. The Big yeah. Ten. Yeah. The, why does the Big Ten get double credit for RBY wrestling DeSanto twice when you know Gonzer's got to go through his same guys twice? Yeah. Like it's basically to I think it's the, to to a little bit to protect the smaller conferences. Yeah. And I think also a little bit um, for the. It's a, yeah. That, yeah. Which look, everybody's like participation trophy. Why have conferences if they can't mean anything? Yeah. You know what I mean. It makes sense that it's to protect the conference, the smaller conference. It's just that in this particular case, it's, it's actually doing the opposite. Right? I hear you. I hear you. Um, but and then yeah. as far as the as far as the um, only count or only yeah yeah only counting wins against guys in the field, it's a standardization effort, right? Makes, yeah, that makes because sense. we don't theoretically know what a win over Jaden Abbas means. Mm-hmm. We don't know what a win over. Um, over uh, Brent Moore means, right? Because like he's one of those guys that's injured. So that's part of it is to standardize that you're being compared against the guys in the field. Now, those losses or those wins still count for win percentage, for RPI, all those things. Sure. But from, from a quality win perspective, they're trying to standardize it and go, this is how these guys did against the field. That makes sense. And real quick, so there, there's six tiers, right? And it's basically um, a tier one win is worth six points. So uh, – RBY's win over Austin DeSanto 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian Verge winner, Seth Gross. That is a six-point quality, uh, tier one quality win. So sure. Extremely, extremely valuable. Sebastian Rivera got two of those this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He jumps up a, quite a bit. Yeah. Tier two win is 4.5. Tier three win is three. Tier four win is two. A tier five win is one. Uh, tier five is someone who finishes in two out of three. Top 25 coaches rank top 25 RPI or above a 550 win percentage against Division One opponents. So there's going to be a lot of those one-point yeah. uh, quality wins. And then a tier six win is just any of the qualifiers. So like a lot of the at-larges are going to be worth a half a point. Yeah. So that's how quality wins are determined. Again, I know it's not perfect, and I understand the the that there are some concerns that should be raised. However, I don't know that the alternative is better. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think there could be a scenario in which in which they they could standardize they could create a system for standardizing these things. Like you know, a, a wrestler who has appeared in um, you know multiple ranking services at such a number right or whatever like that would that would allow for i'm not talking about like a guy who theoretically could have qualified as the 25th best guy in the country i mean i'm talking about yeah guys like christian lance who are ranked in the top 15 guys like Wilkie, cash Wilkie who are Rance, ranked in the top 12 yeah. you know got you know um like i mean we even had we i mean we had situations this year where and, and nobody got wins over these guys but Kassar started the year and then was no longer a starter, right? Zahid Valencia started the season and was no longer a starter. Obviously, those guys didn't take losses, but um, if they had, those wins would be would be meaningless, Negated, and that yeah. that would you know that seems that seems a little bit backwards to me. So I, it does feel like there is a way to standardize those things, even if it is just like have they appeared in in you know mm-hmm. multiple ranking services rankings at a number above whatever you know. Give them a certain number of points for that. That could that could, uh, that and, could help. And also, getting back to 49 for a second, there, there's still a pretty good chance that Sasso ends up the two seed based on coaches' rank, uh, quality wins, and then – so common opponents, 10%. Well, for Sasso, um, losing to Brent Moore won't hurt him against Austin O'Connor because by the time Austin O'Connor had wrestled Virginia Tech, it was Bryce Andonian. Yep. So instead of that being a 10-0 in favor of – in favor of O'Connor, it's a five-five split. Yeah. So that's a ten-point swing that works out in Sasso's favor. Mm-hmm. So I do still think Sasso could be the two seed over um, O'Connor. Obviously, two and three isn't a big change, other than who you wrestle in the quarterfinals. Sure, sure. Much more concerning is three. You know, three and four, five and six, ones that flip your position on the bracket. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think they're going to hit Evan Wick. I think they should. Um, again, even for legitimate medical reasons, I think if you do not compete in your conference tournament, you should be dropped in the coach's rank. Yeah. And he's not going to have conference placement over those guys. No. Um, he still has some pretty good quality wins that are going to carry him and may even spit out uh, something that has him ahead of Isaiah White. Yeah. But I think it ends up being White the uh, – White as the four seed, and sorry, let me pull this up here at one sixty-five. Um, I I think Wick could still end up getting the five. So basically, the question is Wick versus Shields. How much they hammer Wick in the coaches' rank, I think, will determine if he can finish ahead of Shields. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, if if he does stay at the five, it's essentially a, you know no penalty, right? I, I'll I'll say this though, since he lost to McFadden at Midlands, yeah, he's either going to be like five or eight. Yeah, I mean, so now you know what I mean because because he, with the head to head win over Isaiah White, that's twenty five percent of the formula. Mm-hmm. That's going to carry a lot of weight. Um, and so if he's just one below him in the coach's rank, then he could be four or five. But if he drops kind of below that six, seven spot, then you go, all right, well, if I'm dropping him this far, then I got to drop below McFadden. Sure. Although, you know, McFadden didn't, you know, didn't have a great super consistent season. So, I, I mean, is there any chance that McFadden drops? Um, I, uh, no, probably not. Um, no, I don't see that. Really? Okay. All right. Um, you've got 184 on the list, too. Anything interesting that you see in potential seeds at 184? So I think Luhan will be will end up being at the top. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I was on a plane. 
Oh, you didn't see the Wenzel? I did Wenzel, not know. You didn't see Wenzel being I, This is breaking news for me. No, that's why I'm I asking. I apologize. That's what I'm asking. Is there any way that... I was, I was knee-deep in 33 and 49. Yeah. I had not gotten to 65 yet. Dude, Wenzel... Yeah, Wenzel knocked off McFadden last night in ACC Finals. My apologies, guys. Breaking news. You should have kept that earpiece in. Yeah, I know. You got it. Um, so... My, sorry. I was on a plane. Yeah, yeah. Then McFadden's going to get hit. So, yeah. I mean, he, so there's no way Wick... Dang on Jake Wenzel. Yeah. Good tournament for him. Dude, look at He's going to go... Well, maybe... Look at this bracket. Look at this. Look at 165. Um, Wenzel, Wenzel comes out. Um, beats Ben Anderson, which he was supposed to do. Beats Ben Anderson. Then beats Kennedy Monday, 3-2 to two in the semifinals. Then knocks off McFadden 3-1 to one in the finals. And My goodness. And so, yeah. So now Wenzel, all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's looking really good. And, and there were a number of weight classes in the ACC that had crazy results. I'm writing up an article on upsets. Um after we get done with the show, and and so I'll have have those in there. But ACC was what was crazy. ACC was just like riddled with upsets. You know, Camacho took out Mueller. Um, Wenzel so wants to. But. You know who this helps a lot is Travis Whitlake. Yeah, because Whitlake conference beat champ Wenzel. Yeah, he's conference champ. He beat Wenzel. His um, losses are to twenty eight and two this year. Marinelli and uh, and Griffith. Right. So. Whitley could jump way up. <clears throat> um, now, what's what's going to be interesting for Wenzel is because he had previously lost to, and this is why I think it should be a fifteen ten split instead yeah. of the twelve point five with the more recent win. Um, it's basically going to be what happened to Chad Red last year. Okay. Chad Red avenged a bunch of losses last year from the regular season at Big Tens, but he couldn't pass those guys because RPI because right. Because, so it yeah. went from it went from them getting. And it still helped him, right? Yeah. It went from them getting 25 points in the formula mm-hmm. to 12 and a half. Sure. So that's so that's why Wenzel may not jump up uh, super high. And then with an 18-7 record, that's not going to give you an ideal win percentage or RPI. Uh, but, yeah, my apologies. For, I, like I said. It's okay. There's a lot to Came yeah. home, was, was working on 33 and 49, and now... Now sixty five. So There's lots of lots to lots to absorb. It's uh, especially with travel day. So um, you got eighty four on the list here. Anything anything you expect uh, to see at one eighty with one eighty four seeds? Um, yeah. So you know, big news. Obviously, Aaron Brooks won the won mm-hmm. the Big Ten. Um, uh, Bowling over Hydley to pray one EIWA. Yeah. So that, that that's kind of going to be that's going to be one of my main questions is uh, Luhan or Bowling. Uh, Bolin holds a more recent winner for Lujan. Lujan was higher in the coaches' rank, uh, so I got to run through, look at their their quality wins um, in terms of RPI. Lujan was behind Bolin going into conference weekend, mm-hmm. so possibly could be Bolin. Um, here's the thing, right? So it's only going to be the conference champs that really have a shot at 184 to be uh, the top seed. So Bolin over Lujan, I think, is a real possibility. And then, I th- but I think those two guys are going to be the one two. Um, Dupre over Hydley also a real possibility uh, as as a conference champion. And yeah, and they split matches, but but Dupre was conference champ. Yeah. And so and so this is where Hydley gets interesting because it'll either be the three bottom side or the four five. Mm-hmm. If he's the four, you have Aaron Brooks at the five. Is there any way? There's no way Brooks can pass Hydley, right? Uh, well, not necessarily. I mean, Brooks avenged his loss, won his conference, um, now has RPI, which, again, RPI is going to be... I, uh, in years past, and I think I said at the beginning of the show, coach's rank has been really important. Mm-hmm. RPI is going to be really important this year because okay. that's a 20% swing. Yeah. So when you're talking about a formula that normally spits out a uh, head to all the wrestlers are measured, measured against each other head to head, right? So, yeah. like Spencer Lee will be thirty-two and zero against the field in all these numbers. Um, but RPI um, also helps determine the quality wins. Okay. So you get start getting you start pushing guys below cut line, then all of a sudden a tier two win becomes a tier three quality win. Um, so Brooks now WrestleStat tried their best, and I hope the NCAA gives them the formula. Uh, but the formula didn't match up. But right now, WrestleStat has Aaron Brooks number two in the RPI. Hmm. Okay. So I could see Brooks getting the th- uh, four. Yeah, yeah. Probably not. He can't pass the prey, though, you're saying. 
Again, I'd have to to take a look at it, but just yeah. with Dupre wrestling a lot of those a lot of those guys, Bolin Luhan, um, Hydley, I think that's going to help him. Whereas Brooks was a little limited in those upper tier guys that he wrestled. Okay, makes sense. It'll be good to good to get the uh, the at large so full, bids tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, so full article will come out later today. Uh, but that's kind of just where I'm at right now. And, and again, I more so wanted to go over the process and yeah, how it's sure. going to look uh, because, you know, run the numbers through. Yeah, so we should get uh, at-larges tomorrow and then brackets Wednesday night. We'll do our bracket release show Wednesday night, and then I will head to uh, Ottawa on Thursday. All right. Um, hope you stay coronavirus-free on your international travel. Uh, so... We've got, you know, we'll get a clearer picture of the brackets and we'll get the actual brackets themselves midweek. Um, but one other article uh, that you've been, one article series that you've been working on that just got a lot simpler is uh, your Hodge rankings. You've been putting these out all year and five contenders just came off the list, um, which we knew would, we knew something like that would happen because some of these undefeated guys were, were bound to, to wrestle tough schedules and, and uh, probably take losses. And in, you know, and in the case of Mason Paris and Gable Steveson, one of them had to lose this weekend, right? Yeah. Um, so, but five guys that were on the Hodge list are now off the list, took losses this weekend. Marinelli avenged the loss to Vincenzo Joseph. So Chenzo, who was uh, number two. two on the yeah. list, he's gone. He's off the list. Number three on that list was Nick Lee. He took a loss to Luke Pletcher. Pletcher avenged that loss. Now they've split. Mm -hmm. And so Nick Lee, gone, off the list. Uh, Mikey Kemmer beat Mark Hall. He was undefeated, was on that list. He was he like was number, number five. five on the list. Mark Hall avenges that loss. He's gone. And then Jack Mueller, this is the craziest one of all. Jack Mueller was 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 top ten on that list as well. I think not maybe nine. Um he he took a loss to Jacob Camacho, and it wasn't like a one position match where he lost by point. Jacob Camacho almost made your decision, got a major decision. A little in bit ACC shades finals. of uh, now it was NCAA's versus ACC's, but a little bit shades of Dance Mueller. Yeah, when Mueller was a freshman, lost him to ACC's, and then and then Mueller beat him in NCAA's. Again, so, a little different there, but kind of a little bit of shades of that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that wouldn't be. Too surprising to see a reversal of that result, but um, but so Mueller now off the list, and that's going to like totally change his position in the bracket. He Mueller would would have been um, the three seed uh, or the two seed. He would have yeah, been the two or the three. He would have been on the side opposite Spencer, which at one twenty five is like where you want to be. Um, now it's you know it's it's unlikely that it was he would fall as low as the six, but not possible that he'll stay in the top three. So he's probably going to be four or five, same side as Spencer, uh, which would put him in a potential semifinal. Um, yeah, what helped him there was Patesel losing to Mancio. Yeah. And then um, Patesel having a win over, or Mueller having a win over Schroeder. So that will prevent him from falling so, to, to, the, to the six. Yeah, so basically what it's going to look like, I think, is Spencer... Uh, Glory, Pitch, Mueller, Patzel, Schroeder, Hildebrand. So, um, man, those are those are landscape changing results. Uh, you know, the thing for me that's really great. I mean, we lose a bunch of Hodge contenders. Really, it's probably Spencer Lee, right? But um, we lose a bunch of we lose a bunch of Hodge contenders. But what we gain is the opportunity for a bunch of bunch of uh, rematch, rubber matches rubber matches at NCAAs or in the case of uh, Gable Stevenson and Mason, Mason Paris a rematch um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that I think I think Marinelli Chenzo Pletcher Lee Kemmer Hall are all just incredible series if you don't like rubber matches I don't know what's wrong with you we don't get enough of them in our sport um, <clears throat> looking at the Hodge rankings so yes yeah, Spencer becomes the overwhelming clear runaway favorite now Colin Moore will be number two um, Gable and Deacon, 3-4 in some order. Moving I, from 7-8 to 3-4. Yeah, I think Gable's issues at the beginning of the year are going to hurt him in a lot of voters' eyes, as well as he's only a sophomore, and those other guys are juniors and seniors. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, then you have Pat Glory, Pat Glory, Shane Griffith, Noah Adams, and Chaz Tucker, all of whom make big jumps, but Glory's got to beat Spencer. 
Griffith has to beat probably Marinelli and Chenzo, which if Griffith beats Marinelli and Chenzo, Hodge finalist. Yeah. On just like yeah. put him in. Yeah. Put him in. Yeah. Uh, no, Adams would have to, of course, knock off Kyle Moore and Chaz Tucker, uh, who I advocated based on math to be the three seed. Has a bunch of guys go through. So, interesting, interesting update there. Uh, I, I mentioned I got an article coming out today with all the upsets from conference weekend, and there were so many. There were 100, 127 upsets so, that I found. Um, so, 127? 127, 127, How is that even possible? 127 upsets over ranked uh, wrestlers this weekend. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy. So, EIWA is uh, just like off the top of my head. Man, uh, Manino over Kolioko, Manchio over Patesel, Phipps over Brucky. Uh, those were all championship side, and I'm sure there were a few more in there. Um, 141 kind of fell apart a little bit, but yeah. that was probably the most compact yeah. bracket uh, talent-wise. So I'm sure there were some some upsets in there. But uh, Maryland boy, Cody Tribe was taking it 141. Only only 62 point something percent of one seeds won their conference tournaments this weekend. Right. I so, would also I should have run this when I was doing the auto qualifier article, the amount of guys who lost true placement matches to qualify. That yeah. So right basically, well, it's, the actual number is fifty percent because it's when you lost. But what I meant by that was guys, guys who, who placed, placed fourth to, to or sixth and then lost and then lost the true placement match. Yeah. Because it was probably like eighty five percent. Interesting. And I hate true placement matches. I understand that it's for. And so the qualifying. You so would prefer for and those so maybe if I was an athlete. You prefer for those eighty five percent of of athletes who were not as good as the other guy to be there at the tournament. I'm just saying the bracket falls the bracket falls where it is. We don't do true placement at NCAAs. We don't do true placement at Scuffle or Midlands. Yeah. Why one weekend a year? And also wrestling's cockamamie like that. One weekend a year we have true placement matches. Mm-hmm. And one weekend a year, the final thing, there's no simulation for NCAAs throughout the entire season. There are no three-day tournaments. Right. Very strange. It is odd. Um, I, it's it's not as odd as like, like, cross country where they run like an eight k all all year and then they run a ten k at NCAAs. Um, also strange. That's that's even more strange. Okay. Let's go um, to Pennsylvania. Man, I was at PIAA's first time to go to to watch high school wrestling in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, you hear, like, Pennsylvania is a good wrestling state. Um, sure, sure. Which, which, How good could it be? Well, I mean, even, you know, you look at the numbers and you see, like, the number of ranked guys, nationally ranked guys. And it's one thing to, like, know it as a fact and it's another thing to experience it. And, see it. Oh, man. I, I, had, I had a great time out there. Um, so the depth of these brackets was, was, like, completely insane. 170 AAA. <laughs> Oh, 170 triple A was was crazy. If you would have combined 170 triple A and 170 double A, it might have been the deepest high school 170 bracket of any bracket ever. Uh, like in in the whole, at least in the whole season, like deeper than Iron Man, deeper than Super yes. 32, deeper. I mean, so, but yeah, I think I think f- at least f- that no, at least five nationally ranked guys at 170 triple um, A. There were there were f- all four semifinalists were nationally ranked. Um, that bracket was so I, much fun. I was enjoying your stats when you were putting out semis and final stats of number of guys who were ranked, yeah, and then number of ranked matchups and matches featuring a ranked guy. That was all very interesting. Okay, check this out. So for for the AAA finals, mm-hmm. there are fourteen weight classes, fourteen matches. Eight of the fourteen matches, so more than half, were were matches between two nationally ranked guys. Nineteen of the twenty eight finalists. In AAA, were nationally ranked. Mm-hmm. Like incredible depth. Um, JD Raider did an article on the guys, juniors and seniors who are committed to, to Division One schools, and there are close to ninety guys who are already committed, juniors and seniors, and then there are there are a number of seniors who are still uncommitted. And I'm wondering if that might even be over a hundred now. It'll end up being over a hundred wrestlers who yeah who who were. Division one, and that's and that's just the juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's there who's a freshman and sophomore doing well is eventually going to be a D one right, guy too. So yet. we're we're like we're probably talking two hundred, you know, two hundred Division one wrestlers in in one place between between the two divisions. So, um, I mean, the depth was just incredible, which which created 
crazy matchups. I mean, we had in both AA and AAA, we had situations where in the round of 16, there were re- uh, nationally ranked guys wrestling each other um, that early in the tournament. So, oh yeah, Gibson Bassett was like, it's like, and neither one of them made the finals. Thursday morning. Gip, yeah, Gibson Bassett was, and that was a rubber match. That was really yeah. fun. Um, Oh, was that a rubber match or did did they have they only met once? I'm not I, sure. I can't but remember. But it was a rematch. Yeah, it was yeah. a rematch. Um, but uh, but that yeah they I mean that 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 match was round of sixteen. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those guys ended up even making the finals because I mean it's just the the depth is incredible. Let's get into some of your favorite matches from the weekend. Um, I mean, so the one that that a lot of people were circling and looking forward to was actually a semifinal. Uh, so Brett Unger and Gary Steen. That was a rubber match. That was a rubber match. Um, those two split, and uh, the match was really interesting. If you just look at the score, you might think it was kind of boring because it ended up going to going to overtime, going to rideouts. But both guys were, you know, they were game planning. But Steen wanted to press the action, so he was darting in on shots constantly mm-hmm. and putting himself in and putting himself at risk to try to score points. Uh, and then Unger's scrambling ability along with Steen's was just, it was, it was incredible. They both, you know, they both really went for it the whole time. And um, Gary Steen ended up coming out on top. That match is incredible. Go go watch that. Um, Great year for Gary Steen, too. The pink, yeah. uh, pick commit. I mean, he, he went 2-1 against Unger this year. He won Ironman. Yeah. Uh, ended up taking double-A crown. And one thing that, that I, I really enjoyed about double a and, and kind of following it throughout this year and getting back into it with brock doing the high school rankings is yes team wise and you know overall depth wise at each weight triple a is better well however I, double I a notre dame might win it if notre dame <laughs> maybe was in, if notre dame was in was in triple a this year they they might win the whole sure thing. sure but you know what i mean like it, it we understand the, the depth difference there however on an individual basis the double a talent is tremendous yeah. and you know, Steen, tell me why Gary Steen couldn't win AAA. We know Anderson Iglia could win AAA. He yeah. beat both the AAA finalist and runner-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb Dowling is excellent. Tyler Stoltzfus is excellent. Mm-hmm. Gage Garcia is phenomenal. Ryan Crookham. Um, so, AA, AA the, the talent is there. And so I hope that, you know, kind of moving forward, people are able to really appreciate that, although these are smaller schools, there's a ton of excellent guys there. Oh man, yeah, and some of my favorite matches were double. Yeah, I mentioned Steen Unger. Um, the the final at 160 between Cerniglia and Thane Lawrence was was pretty wild. Um, Unfortunate that people booed. That was that was an observation <laughs> I had of, of Pennsylvania wrestling fans. Um, Pennsylvania wrestling fans have no shame about booing high school kids. Like, and th- so that match. That's a little. That yeah. well, so here's what happened in that match, and and I think some of the booing was was justified. Not. Directed at Andrew Cerniglia, when it's when it turned into booing Cerniglia, I had a problem with that. But so the way that match played out, did you get a chance to watch it? I know you were covering I, the IWAs. No, I haven't got a chance to. I know there was a cradle situation. So that so, people were upset about. So Cerniglia came out and scored a bunch of points early, and then Thane Lawrence kind of started working his way back into the match. And at the end of, I can't remember if it was the first period or the second period, um, Lawrence is in on a shot finishes but time runs out the crowd it was so loud that it was hard to tell it was hard to hear when you know when when time ran out and did he get the takedown did he not they didn't award the takedown i think that was probably uh, i haven't gone back and rewatched but i think it was the right call no takedown but people were you know people were upset people were up in arms and of course like you know i think notre dame is kind of you get the impression they're kind of like the new york yankees of double uh, a oh there's a new bethlehem them, catholic right, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody hates them everyone wants to cheer against them um so they were going to you know they were going to cheer for that takedown to be called uh so they were upset about that then um Thane lawrence is like getting to work on top he's he's scoring he's getting close and they they call a penalty point for like going across the throat when i think normally that would be potentially dangerous the first mm-hmm. time or a warning or something. So everybody's booing about that. People are upset about that. And then Dane Lawrence locks up a cradle and he he like tries to run it over and then he's working to adjust the cradle and the ref calls a stalemate. Yeah. He calls a stalemate when he's got a cradle locked up. And it and like and so I mean the place just couldn't recover after that. So I mean, people Broke were their brains. It did. People were booing, and and they were booing the officials at that point. They weren't booing Sterniglia. Um, but then after the match was over, they continued to boo, and uh, 
the the Notre Dame corner was you know maybe not helping matters. They were kind of like taunt, not I don't know if they're taunting the crowd, but maybe they were. Um, For the record, that's what I would do. You know, I would be a villain if I was. And, and, coach and, and a really it wasn't Sirniglia; it was the coaches, right? They were, you know, and and uh, yeah, I talked to Sirniglia afterwards, and he he said he's like, man, I you know, I I should not have stopped. He was like, I kind of stopped wrestling second and third period. I shouldn't have done that. It's like I scored all my you know all my points early, and then I just you know it kind of wasn't wasn't continuing to score, and I sh- I should have mm-hmm. continued because you know, um, so he he felt like he wished he had he had continued to score, but. But then the thing that really bothered me was when he got on the podium, they started booing again. Right? Yeah. And that, I mean, that I think to me is, is over the line. But the fact that the PA crowd is like so knowledgeable and so passionate that when one little like call goes goes a certain way, they're mm-hmm. immediately like they're immediately just incensed. Like I, I love that. I love a crowd that knows what's going on and that's super passionate. And, um, and that's something I have not seen in high school high school not, wrestling crowd not often uh before we get into triple a and your favorite matches from there so the pittsburgh wrestling classic put out the team this morning yeah. um, i was talking to scott green yesterday coach green of Hawaii McSemory will be the honorary coach and uh he was kind of getting informed of the guys as it was happening so uh, i would say that the team is basically what i expected and we'll get into it fully after we do triple a but from double a sheldon seymour state champion from troy a uh, two-time state champion actually yeah. andrew Cerniglia of notre dame green pond tyler stoltzfus of st joseph catholic and gage garcia of southern columbia so four double a champs will be represented uh, in the pittsburgh wrestling classic next weekend against team usa and I think those are all the right choices. So yeah. I don't really have anything to say negative about that. PwC, as always, did a tremendous job. Let's get into your favorite matches from AAA, though. AAA, there were so many good ones. Uh, man, I love seeing Will Bencourt hang on uh, for for his title. He he talked about um, he lost his uncle just recently in the last few weeks, and that you know he had kind of before the finals he was talking about dedicating that tournament to him. So mm-hmm. it was really fun to see him like just gutsy win at the end. Um, man, almost all the finals matches in AAA were incredible. Um, the Wyatt Henson Sammy Hillegas rematch, uh, rubber match was was really good. Henson looked great, um, converting a couple shots in that match, uh, and that I mean that that whole match was incredible. Um, man, Ed Scott and Cameron Robinson was was really. I like Cameron Robinson a lot. I, I do too. I really like Cameron Robinson, and I really like, like Ed as a Scott. prospect. Oh well, Ed Scott's a freaking Ed Scott. He, what, what was he working on? Twenty six straight pins heading into that into the final. He had twenty seven straight pins, and then in the semis, in the semis, he he only won like ten to one or eleven to one. He won eleven to one. Come on, um, in the semis, but he but yeah, he had twenty seven straight pins, and then uh, the thing about him, man. He comes off the mat even after a state finals match, and he's back doing like a full-on sprints, cool down, stance and motion drills, and uh, it's just super consistent. And, and you he, need that intensity. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna be uh, with the Wolfpack, right, Coach Papalizio. Yeah. You're gonna need that intensity to to thrive in that environment. And he also he was very complimentary of of Cameron Robinson. He's like just, he loves high level matches, and um and that's that's what we had in that one, dude. eleven to eight, great match. That that might have been. Might have been my favorite match of the night, mm-hmm. um, but then there was just some craziness too. One sixty, uh, Luke Nichter and Clayton Olray. I I thought Olray was gonna was gonna win based on how those guys had looked in the tournament leading up to it. Yeah, and Nichter pins Olray. He, he and he was winning when he did pins him in a cradle, and he gets up and he's uh, and he says like to his corner. I knew I was going to pin him. He's like, I knew I was going to pin him. And he, and he told me the same thing in the interview. Um, that was wild. 170, we already mentioned how crazy that bracket was. But the final match, uh, Lenny Pinto, Max Stout, that also might have been a better – that might have been a, a more entertaining match than, than Ed Scott's match even because um, Pinto came out, took the lead, and then Stout – was was all over him for a while, and then and then Pinto just goes big, throws him to his back. Pinto has long fascinated me as a prospect. When he was a freshman, watched him District Eleven finals, fell in love with him there, and you know state champ now. Uh, going to Nebraska, just super high level kid, super entertaining. Um, I think JD Raider was tweeting about him. Uh-huh. I mean, Lenny Pinto is Florina alert guy, right? We talk about oh, guys yeah. who you need to set your alerts for because you never know what they're gonna do. Lenny Pinto is absolutely that guy. He and he's he's like. He was like the mayor of Hershey after he won. Like he had he had to like shake every hand. He was up in the crowd, back down, back up in the crowd. And I mean, he's just he's the man. And like, you know, like I I, ta- I went to shake his hand, 
and then he, he extended his left hand instead of his right hand because he like has this massive gash on his hand. He told me he like cut it on some glass or something, but he's like super gluing his hand shut all weekend. Um, so if yeah, if you're looking you wonder for if it helped the grip. Yeah, I don't, you could, you I don't super think glue so. On there. I don't think it did. Well, he had super glue on, and then he had like a bunch of tape over top of that. So, uh, but yeah. So if you're looking for finals to watch from from PIAA, start at 138 and then go through 170. Those were like the those matches were. Mm-hmm. It was just like a string of incredible matches. Uh, Harvard commit Kenny Kenny Herman took out Patrick Noonan 1-0. That was that might have been more than a rubber match. They might have met four or five times this year because both in District 11. Um, so District 11, Region, Duel, and uh-huh. uh, here. So congratulations to Herman. Uh, Noonan, I think, is going to be awesome in college. Yeah. Uh, Luke Stout looked dominant, uh, major in uh, Luke Montgomery, so he'll be at Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic. You know what, let's, let's just get into to that real quick. While you're getting into that, Luke Stout hit, like, maybe a quarterfinal match, maybe maybe around 16. He hit, like, the world's slowest magic stick. He, like, he just – he was in so much in control of this match. He he uh, he just was at will, like doing whatever he wanted. But yeah. oh, and then 106, uh, which we kind of been talking about all year in AAA, just being a mess, and then kind of figuring out how that would get. It ends up going Vincent Kilkerry of Greer Latrobe. Dude. Shout out Luke Pletcher, pinning Jake Van D. What what a what a beast, dude! Kilkerry had to dig deep both in the semis and the finals, and that pin that he had was an overtime headlock. Oh yeah, 631, yeah. I'm thinking it was college rules. It was yeah. an overtime headlock. And dude, Kilkerry is incredibly outsized. Like he is he might be the smallest guy in the entire tournament. Do you like, think he could be a one oh six again next year? Yes. Yes. I think I think he could be a one oh six again next year. All right. I hope he grows, but yes, he could he could definitely be a one oh six again next year. Uh looking at triple A champs who are wrestling the Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic, one twenty six, Curtis Phipps of Norwin. I mentioned uh his brother Drew had a big win. He's going to Bucknell. Kenny Herman, 132. Sammy Hilligus, 138. Uh, Ed Scott, 152. Garrett Ninehouse, 182. Luke Stout, 195. And Hunter Kaka, 220. So basically, catchweight situation there. Kaka versus Amos. So that's going to be number one versus number one, which the only time in recent memory that I can remember that happening would be when Richie Figs bumped up to 113 uh, and beat Greg Diakmahalis in the Super 32 finals a week or two after both those guys won and who's number one. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, we'll have number one versus number two at 152 and 145. Now, weight class rankings still have to come out this week, but all those guys took care of business. Uh, 138, we'll have a rematch of the Ironman finals. All three, uh, all top three guys in the country will be there. Uh, we'll have number two against number three at 195 and 132. 182, uh, we'll have a rematch of the Super 32 finals between Garrett Ninehouse and John So. And you mentioned the progressive classes is gonna be awesome. Oh, it's gonna be awesome. You mentioned the the double A AA and triple A um, champs that are in there. Also, there are a couple guys that are national preps guys. Um, I don't know if you mentioned. Yeah, so Bo Bartlett, Lachlan McNeil, uh, which is interesting to me. Um, I I have zero problems with Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic literally doing whatever the hell they want, even to the extent of. Um, like Ryan Miller re- is wrestling for Team USA, representing Blair Academy, just because 120 didn't have a whole lot of seniors this year. But if they had said he's wrestling for Team PA because he's from Pennsylvania, sure, I'd been fine with that too. Yeah. Like they can do whatever they want. It's for the kids. It's for it's to make awesome matchups happen. Uh, and so I think they should basically do whatever they want within you know the rough ground rules of PA versus versus America. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Bo Bartlett, Lachlan McNeil represent Wyoming Seminary. As I said, Scott Green will be the head coach. Um, which makes sense because Sem is the only team with multiple guys, and Sheldon Seymour uh, frequently trains with the Excalibur team, which is Sem's club team, basically. So yeah. basically three guys that he works with super frequently. And, you know, this is a little bit of a weird year where they had to pull from um, they had to pull from national preps. So I think it'll be great. That'll be Saturday, March 14th, Fitzgerald Fieldhouse, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, undercard Whippeal versus Team Maryland at 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm pulling from a Maryland, boys! But uh, uh, Whippeal might put a whipping on him. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So we got, man, NCAA preview coverage to look forward to this weekend. It's going to be between now and next Thursday when matches go down. It's going to be uh, all NCAA probably all the time other than take a break for PWC. Um, but – we're excited to man get you guys everything you need to know leading up to this yeah, tournament. I hope we get some PWC. Maybe Mike Mal will be able to break down one of the matchups. You know, you know Amos Katka or um, 
Garcia Allred, maybe. So a lot of, lot of good matchups to break down. Like I said, I'll be uh, finishing up this seeding article and then getting into Pan Am qualifiers. The men's freestyle is finishing up today. So I'll, I'll put out my women's freestyle preview with the seeds, and then I'll do bracket reactions once I'm there uh, in Ottawa and, and the brackets come out. Um, or maybe they'll come out earlier. That would be nice, too. Uh, and, yeah, so hopefully we'll get some more PWC stuff for you guys. Bray and Raider and Spay will be just hammering NCAA content again. Bracket release show Wednesday night. I If you don't watch that, that was the that was the best show of the year last year. So I, if you don't watch that, I don't know what you're doing. Tremendously exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And then everything points to Olympic trials. Can't wait. All right. Well, stay tuned. Uh, Flow Wrestling all week. We have a bunch of good stuff to talk about, and uh, we'll see you guys down the line.